The scripture reading for tonight is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 14, verses 22 through 33. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The word of the Lord. There's not very many ghost stories in the Bible, but this is one. He comes towards them. There's this wild storm. They're terrified. It's a ghost. But it's hard for me to really feel the fear in this story, even though it's repeatedly stated. I think it's just simply the amount of times that I've heard it. Jesus walking on the water. It's a classic. Peter walks on the water, and then he takes his eye off off Jesus, and he starts to sink, and he yells to Jesus, save me. And Jesus reaches out and pulls him up, and he gets back in the boat. Jesus spanks him a little, saying, ye of little faith, why did you doubt? The rest of the disciples look up into Jesus' eyes with Peter and confess in unison, truly, you are the Son of God. It's hard for me to think of it. It's hard for me to think of any of it as real because it's... I don't know, just because I know it so well, it just goes right over my head, bounces along the surface of my brain. I've heard it so many times. I've heard so many sermons on this text, sermons and songs and lessons about it. When I read the story, those lessons just start telling themselves to me. You know, you have to keep your eyes on Jesus. Or, you know, there were 11 other people that did not get out of that boat Get out of the boat, people. It's hard to think of this real situation. It's hard to think that this is actually something that happened. It just seems so much like a story, like a children's story, like a a fairy tale or a ghost story, partly because the story is just so well-constructed. It's structured so that Peter's cry for Jesus, save me, is exactly in the middle of the story. 
there are the same number of Greek words before it and after it. Not only that, but it's almost exactly in the middle of Matthew's gospel. The center of the whole story and the whole center of the whole gospel is Peter's save me and Jesus reaching out and grabbing him. It's not until Peter really starts to go under that he yells out for Jesus. It's also metaphorical. A metaphor for what? What, salvation seems obvious, maybe? If you call on his name, you will be saved. Jesus doesn't reach out for you until you truly realize you need him. Or maybe that Jesus keeps coming to us is always right there. There's no need to be afraid. Or is it, it's okay to be afraid. Jesus is right there for you, even in your fear. Spin the dial. Take away whichever one you want. I mean, it seems like there is definitely it's something about fear, right? There's something about fear in the story. Fear and Jesus coming to us. Jesus coming to us in fear. There's fear all over this text if you can get past the ordinary, if you can really read it, if you can press your eyes closer to the page, there's terror. Jesus and his followers have just heard about Herod murdering John the Baptist. John the Baptist, who is Jesus' mentor, his friend, his cousin. And for more than, more than that, they've heard that Herod thinks Jesus is John the Baptist raised from the dead. So now Herod is after Jesus. When Jesus hears this, he tries to go into hiding. He quietly leaves in a boat to a deserted place. But people heard that he was leaving and they follow him. So the deserted place fills up with a huge crowd. And instead of hiding out, he teaches the people all day and then feeds them with a miraculous meal. When everyone's finished eating, he sends his disciples away in a boat. Then he dismisses the rest of the people. And then he goes up into the mountain by himself to pray. So maybe he not, was not really running away completely to hide. He was going to pray. But he wants to be by himself. He doesn't want the disciples around. Why? To protect them. I think maybe to protect them. If he was going to get caught, he didn't want them to get caught with him. Or maybe he just needed time to think or pray. I guess it says pray. In Matthew, Jesus only goes off by himself to pray twice. Once is here, and the other time is right before he is actually caught and arrested. So maybe Jesus thinks that this might be the end. Jesus thinks that here he's about to be arrested, about to be killed. Evidently, the disciples are thinking the same thing because when they see Jesus coming toward them, walking on the water, they think it's a ghost, Jesus' ghost. They can't be blamed, maybe. They are in the middle of a giant lake, three miles from either shore, and there is a big, big storm. The wind is against them. And it's four o'clock in the morning. They haven't slept They've been up all night after a lot of hard work feeding thousands and thousands of people. 
Sure, Jesus turned two fish and a loaf of bread into enough food for 5,000 men, but you never hear about him coming up with extra help to serve it. Thou no, that was just the disciples. That was all them. It was hard work. Then after that, Jesus sends them off before the crowd leaves, like he thinks they better get a head start or something. They better leave. Somebody might be coming. It, seemed, it must have seemed a little ominous to them to be sent off like that. And then they get in the boat, and the storm comes up. The wind is against them. So they're battling the storm, taking turns rowing, bailing water out. So they are a little punchy. They're frazzled. They're not thinking clearly. Then, in my mind, when I read this part of the story, there's a flash of lightning. And that's when they see Jesus. This flash of lightning, and they see Jesus walking towards them, hair blowing, robe whipping around. It's a ghost! They yell. Where? There on the water. They all look. They scream. It's a ghost. They've done it, they think. They've killed Jesus. This is the proof. This is Jesus' ghost. They are afraid. They are afraid of Jesus. Afraid of ghost Jesus. They drop their bailing buckets, they drop their oars, they hide, they're all squished together, pressing themselves into the bottom of the boat, twelve grown men, each trying to get lower than the others, pulling tarps over themselves, trying not to make a sound, not breathing, the boat getting slammed by the waves, water still coming in fast, being turned by the wind. Is he still here? One of the masts. Is he still out there? One of them peers over the side of the boat. I don't see anything. I can't see anything. A wave hits, water everywhere, the wind, lightning, flash. They peer out. The one peering out throws himself back to the bottom of the boat. He's still there. He's still coming closer. He's coming right for us. They are afraid of Jesus. True, it is ghost Jesus but they are afraid of Jesus coming toward them. I'm trying to think if I've ever been afraid of Jesus or afraid of God. Have you ever been afraid of Jesus? He usually doesn't come off that way. Have you ever been afraid of God? I guess I should throw in the Holy Spirit too. I mean, the Holy Spirit... There's always a ghost. Have you ever been afraid of the Holy Ghost? I'm trying to think if I've ever been afraid of God. Well, not literally, because I wrote those words down. I thought of it earlier. I mean, I'll tell you this. I am afraid a lot. I'm afraid a lot. I'm afraid of a lot of things. Mostly people. I'm afraid of people and death. I'm not afraid that people will kill me, not like that. I'm not really afraid of people hurting me physically at all. That kind of thing doesn't really scare me. I'm mostly afraid of them judging me and thinking I'm bad or stupid. I'm afraid of people like saying bad things about me or not giving me a loan or saying, well, you should have thought about that before, shouldn't you have? 
Do you think this is weird? Like, I'm not afraid of anybody hurting me physically or threatening me physically, but I'm afraid of somebody chastising me or saying something bad about me. Seems more threatening. I guess it's not weird because it's much more likely, I think, that somebody will say bad things about me or think I'm stupid or make fun of me or not give me a loan than it is that somebody will physically hurt me. Yeah, I am afraid to die most of the time. I mean, sometimes I'm not, but most of the time. And I'm also afraid when I think, like, of the endlessness of the universe. Have you ever had that? It's kind of like a reverse claustrophobia. You know, it's like too much. It's like where you think, you know, the earth and all the planets and all the solar system is in the solar system and then the solar system is inside the galaxy and then our galaxy and all the other galaxies are inside of the universe and then the universe is inside of what? It is inside of nothing. It just goes on forever. How can something not be contained by something? How can there be no end? Like, have you ever thought, you know, like, what if you were in space and you had to do a spacewalks to fix, you know, something on the space station and then you're like, your tether broke and then you just floated off and then you would just keep floating off, you know, floating off in the same direction until you ran out of air. And even then, when you were dead, your body would just keep floating on forever. It would literally never stop your dead floating body. That really freaks me out, okay? <laughs> that really scares me. Or there's another thing, like, like, I think about, too, like, in the Bible, it's this thing I just can't get, or it's hard to, like, so, I totally believe all the miracles, and, of course, the resurrection. But, you know, when Jesus ascends to heaven, that part, the disciples watch him disappear, into the clouds. Where does he go? I mean, where does he go? You know, because I don't believe heaven is like up. Like it's this physical place you could go if you just kept going up. Like, where does Jesus go? He just goes up and up and up into space. Jesus goes into space. It makes me think, like, maybe my one hope, if I ever do have to take a spacewalk and my tether breaks, when I'm floating away, that I just might float by Jesus, who's still going up. But then how freaked out would I be by that, okay? I mean, it's bad enough I'm already, my tether's broken, I'm floating away. And then I see another person floating towards me? Like, how would I know it's Jesus? You know, I don't know what Jesus looks like. 
unless he looks like those Sunday school pictures with that robe and the beard and long hair. But still, that could be anyone back then, right? Everybody looked like that. Any one of them could have floated off into space. I don't know. And it's not like I would recognize his face either, you know. I don't think he sat for any of those paintings that were made of him. So I don't know what he looks like. But it could be anyone. And even if it is Jesus, to see someone floating towards me without a spacesuit on, I mean, I don't think he would have a spacesuit on. I don't think they had spacesuits back then. Like, where would he get it? I would honestly not first assume, I bet that's Jesus Christ. I would think it's an alien, man. I'm floating out there. The alien's coming right towards me. Things could not get worse. I would try to maybe, like, float myself away from the alien spaceman Jesus coming toward me. That's all a little off the point, sorry. (laughs) So they're in the boat, and one of them's just peered over the side to see if he can still see Jesus coming toward them. And in a lightning flash, he sees Jesus still coming, so he hides on the bottom of the boat again with all the others. But you see, the storm is still raging, and they're still taking on water, more now that they're not rowing, and they're, keep, they're not keeping the boat straight into the waves. They've stopped bailing, so the boat is filling up fast now. One end is just below the water. Then a big wave hits them, and that end of the boat dips below the waterline. And then the water completely fills the boat up. The end of the boat slips under, and then the entire boat upends and disappears into the deep. 